podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gallagher Shot podcast and YouTube channel. Back with another match reaction. It seems like these match reactions are turning to the same sort of debate which we're having every single week at the moment. But I am your host today, Chris, joined by Scott, Joe and Ian. Boys, we'll dive straight into it. Uh, Scott, I'll come to you first of all. The only really shock which going into the game was the, the late news of Callum Wilson not being in attendance at all. Not just not in the start 11, but not even making the bench. Eddie Howes came out and said that it's an issue with his cough, I believe it is. Um, it's not serious, but serious enough for him to miss the game. Once again, Scott, we are back in the situation where, where Callum Wilson isn't fit enough to be starting games. Is this a worry now with the transfer window gone, closed and gone at this moment in time? Um. If we hadn't got rid of Chris Wood, it probably wouldn't have been. But the fact that Chris Wood went pretty late on and we didn't replace him, you could almost, you know, predict that this was going to happen. It it happened sooner than probably anyone would have liked. But I think you know, I, I know Eddie Howe in the past when he spoke about trans uh, about um, injuries has been, you know. Playing them down when they're they're a bit more serious, like Isak, a bare faced liar. Sort of I think is what you're, <laughs> yeah. you're aiming for, Scott. But I, I think f- for me, the fact that it didn't come up in his press conference, the fact that it was out of the blue, and and it's just one of those things. I think it's more precautionary. He's resting mm. them because we've got an important game coming up in two weeks, and and he, he's he'd rather have him for that. Even if it's for twenty minutes, even if it's for half, you know, for forty-five minutes, then not have them at all. Um, that's how I would look at it. You know, rest them. We've got Isak uh, who can come in, um, and I think was it Miley uh, who came on uh, the youngster. Well, he didn't come on, but came into the off the, the bench. bench yeah. um, who I haven't seen or heard much of. Um, so uh, he was a quite a shock to see because I would have thought maybe he's one of the the better known youngsters would have came in to the fray. Um, I can't remember who got loaned out though in January, so I don't know who's left. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's precautionary. I don't think there's too much need to panic just yet, uh, and we'll probably find out a lot more this week. It is a sign of depleted squad, though, isn't it? When you're looking at youngsters, 15, 16 year old lads getting a spot on the bench, that's what you're looking at, and that that's a worry. That's a worry, and that was before a ball had even been kicked. We'll get on to, to even more serious issues coming up. Um, Joe, the, the game itself. Uh, it was pretty, I'm going to say nothing game in regards to nothing really happened throughout it. Newcastle looked very, very sluggish at times, very poor on the ball, um, gave the ball away very easily, and that was throughout. Are you surprised by that? Or is it something which, over the last couple of weeks, once again, like, like we just mentioned being concerned about Callum Wilson, are you concerned about how we are, are, are turning up for, for these games at this moment in time? I'm not concerned with the application. I'm concerned with the fact that we are one or two injuries away from looking like a completely different team. Uh, Bruno's uh, creativity was a, was a massive miss. It was a miss against West, West Ham and it was a miss uh, against Bournemouth. And we like to think that we're a team with 14 or 15 
first team players that are capable of going in and doing a really good job. And to be fair, they all have some, they'll have strengths that they bring to the side. The problem is you take out a little bit of creativity and we do struggle. It was evident in the midfield. Uh, we were overloading the right hand side again, trying to create um, chances through crosses, but then. The, we didn't have the personnel in the box to really finish those crosses off. Alan St. Maximum was doing some really good work on the left-hand side, trying to drill some balls in, but then there was no one there to meet it. And that's a, and that's a major issue. Um, so the application itself wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a problem um, for the most part. Yeah, okay, we were a little bit sloppy at times, some wayward passes. It wasn't up to our usual standards. But I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was anything to do with a lack of effort. It was, uh, it was just an off day for most of the team, to be quite honest. Mm. Uh, in just what, what Joe's mentioned there when we're missing Bruno this has happened I think we're yet to win a Premier League game where Bruno hasn't featured um, it, it's evident that he is basically the talisman in this team right now isn't it? Um, looking at the, the stats because I've seen it this morning I think we've played five without him this season and not won one like you said um, and I don't necessarily think we're a one-man team by any means um, you look at sort of earlier on in the season goals and, and chances were coming from all over um, but I just feel he has that sort of that extra level of creativity and, and sort of drive to get with four. And I thought a lot of the time yesterday, the, when the midfield were getting on the ball, they looked a little bit sort of devoid of an idea of where to go. Or even when it was getting a bit panicky, we've seen time and time before Bruno gets on the ball and he's almost like a common presence, even if it's sort of in and around our box. Um, whereas I thought yesterday... It, a lot of it, well, not a lot of the time, but some of the time it was just panic stations and punt it long um, or just sort of play it out to the wings to see what happens over there. Um, but you can tell we're missing Bruno. And like sort of, um, like Joe's just touched on there, the and what you've touched on, it's a depleted squad. Well, I thought that against West Ham as well, we're only missing sort of Isaac and Bruno. And then you look at the bench and you've got, other than Gordon, you didn't really look to have any game changers, uh, which, granted, after two weeks' time, it's literally only the league that we've got to carry on. But where we see ourselves, and I know we are, like I say, at the minute, well ahead of schedule, but next season, if you bring European football into that, you're going to need another, I'd say, six, seven bodies in at least to, to mm. have a decent enough squad. To a decent standard as well, the yeah. decent yeah. players that, that you're bringing in. Um, Scott, um. I've got one person that I'm going to blame for conceding that first goal, and it is you. Um, because last week, I think you said that this is um, we need to work on this in the training field because we're conceding silly goals. Um, yeah. And I think we correctly said, well, we've already conceded twice to that that sort of thing. We went and done it again. So another set piece, which just tears out that back, back four really apart. And it was once again, we said this last week, the, the West Ham game. That that was a shock in defending. This week it was even worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the hype we've got in that box for set pieces, we should be dealing with that. And I don't know, I don't know what it is with you know tall players not being able to jump very high. I, I don't know what I don't know why that's a problem, but you see it time and time again where we're getting beat in the air, beat, you know, first man's getting the flick on, and then um it's just like you say, turns into quite a, a messy tap-in almost. There wasn't much to it. You, you couldn't really see there was a goal coming and then that happened. Um, you know, I don't think it's my fault. I think that's a bit hard. But, uh... 
If anything, I need a job because I pointed out last week. <laughs> it's happened again. There's a weakness. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think it's a cause for concern just yet because, like you said, I think it's only been three. Um, but it's still been three goals. You know, I mean, we've only conceded what fourteen now. I think it is so or thirteen. So I mean, there's not many goals coming in against us, but the ones that are, they're not great. Mm. There's that times too where this season I don't want to be too harsh on the defense because the, the defense has, has been unbelievable. It's what seventeen games unbeaten now for Newcastle United. But there's, there's times once again in that that game where, where we're getting caught in silly positions. And um, there's one which stands out in my mind, and it was towards the end of the game where I think Botman is challenged on the edge of the box and he goes down. Then Dan Burns just lets that ball roll across him, and the Bournemouth are just on the attack straight away. It's becoming quite sloppy at times. Do you think it's anything to do with complacency slipping in, or is it just a, a bad run of games for everybody? No, I don't think it's complacency. It was a very, like you just said, it was very uncharacteristic of what we're used to seeing with that defence. Dan Byrne, uh, I'll be completely honest, that was the worst game I've seen him play for us um, this season comfortably. I've, I've, I'm a big fan of Dan Byrne. I don't want to slate him too much. Like you say, this uh, defence has done absolute heroics for us this season. But we have to call a spade a spade. That Across that back four, Trippier may be exempt from that. That was the worst performance that we've seen. And let's be honest, I know we just spoke about how we're only conceding silly goals. Bournemouth should and could have had at least two, maybe three. Yeah. It's been one of them rare games. You know, most of the games that we've drawn, we've, lo- we've uh, looked at it in retrospect and said, okay, we were still the better team. Uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, we definitely mitigated the amount of chances that the opposition had. This time, however, this was a bit of a rare game where really the opposition were the one who had, uh, ones who had the, uh, most of the chances. They were the ones who had uh, more clear opportunities. And yeah, it's a bit of a foreign concept of what we're seeing. Uh, going to the Dan Byrne incident, uh, that specific one you mentioned there, I've got no idea ex- what he was doing there because, yeah, Botman went down and then he man- he took a, just such a, a heavy touch, yeah, completely unaware of the fact that he was getting closed down. And I don't know whether him flailing his arms up in the air was to say, oh, why, you know, why hasn't the uh, game been stopped because of the Botman being down or whether it was just his own like uh, annoyance as to what's happened. But um, yeah, complete lapse of concentration. Uh, I don't think it's much cause for concern in the long run, given you know the the track record that this team has. Um, but it was definitely an off day for everyone. Uh, you know, wayward passes as well. You saw the likes of um, Fabian Cher booting the ball up long, especially in the first half, trying to find the likes of Isak in that, and it just wasn't really working. Uh, it was almost completely bypassing midfield a lot of the time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, I want to put it down as just a bad day at the office for everyone. Um, and hopefully that's all it is. Uh, you know, like I say, it was it was not something that is um, consistent or at least characteristic of what we're used to seeing. So, you know, it could just be one of those. I think it's worth saying, like you mentioned there, that it is a bad day at the office. Indeed, it's we're lucky that this bad day came against somebody who is... is in, in the likes of a relegation scrap because if that was one of the top, top teams, they could have done some damage with how easily we, we were dispossessed at times and how sloppy we were, especially at the back and lack of control across everywhere on that field. And I'm not taking anything away from Bournemouth because Bournemouth played really well. Um, they did. They, they high press on us, similar to what we do to teams. And I think we, I was we say, were It was almost rattled. the opposite. 
Yeah, yeah it was almost the opposite of what we're used to seeing. Like, Bournemouth the ones who were pressing us, and we were the ones who couldn't string passes together. Normally, that's us, like you just said, normally that's us doing that to teams. It was so weird being on the other side of that and mm. us struggling to cope with it as well. I think the thing that changed the game around slightly, Ian, was, and I'm looking at this as a, as a glass half full and hoping that this injury to, to Willie isn't serious because what Eddie Howe said after, he's, after the game and in the press conference is that it does look a bit concerning. With Willick, we don't know what it is, hamstring injury it looks like, and might be a few weeks on the sideline minimum. Um, but that's when the game changed. Uh, Gordon came on, and I thought at that point, we started to control things a little better. Yeah, we did. Um, as much as, as Willick, because I, like, I don't want to sit and slay players, but as much as Willick offers you sort of running and there's a little bit of dynamism in terms of he can play left and, and swap with Joe Linton, for me his end product hasn't been as good as what we have seen it. And I think people have touched on previous that sort of St. Maximum, everyone gets on St. Maximum's back for his end product. I think Joe Willick, a few times this season, has had games where he's, all he's done is ran. But like you say, when that change came on, I think Gordon, being what the second most expensive sign and has a point to prove he wants to get in the, the first team he wants to start. So I thought... I thought that was good. It was a good injection of, of trying to grab the, the game by the scruff of the neck. And I, I'm not too sure, but I, I, at times I've seen him play like a number 10 role with St. Maximum and they were switching, um, mm. which which did did help. And obviously there was the link of play, which I'm sure you'll come to on the, the left-hand side um, to start with that. That led to our goal. So it did change the game. But I just thought... Well, when we had the ball and, and teams, and I've seen it quite a few times this season, when teams are sitting, we just don't look like we know how to break them down. It seems like at times we're trying to be too intricate and we're just waiting and literally until there's a free opportunity to have a shot at goal. We weren't really taking any chances. And incidentally, the, the goal comes from having a shot sort of from, from outside the box when it, it's opened up that half a yard and then following the rebound. But I don't know what it is at the minute. We just we, we don't seem to be firing on, on all cylinders where previously we were blowing teams away. And I'm not, I'm not stupid. I know that you're not going to have that every game, every season. But when you look at the opposition yesterday, I mean, they had, I think they've scored one goal and got one point or something since since November. And I, I get, obviously, it's going to be still a difficult game because they're, they're fighting for, for survival. But where we are as a club, even if you take chasing Europe out of it, I still feel that we were better than what we, we showed yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, Scott, uh, there's one player which I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on him too much because it, it becomes a habit where, where we start doing this. Um, but And I know social media isn't the, the area which we should be looking at in regards to, to fans' opinion and things like that, because it can get blown out of proportion. A few tweets last night saying, once again, St. Maximum has blew his chance. He'd done nothing all game. And and I'm pretty on the fence with, with, with Maxi, uh, and I'll, I'll openly admit that I don't fall either side, because at this moment in time, apparently the fan base has to either dislike him or, or overly praise him, which I just don't get whatsoever. Um, Maxi has been criticised in the past for, for not grafting enough. He grafted to keep that ball in play massively, yeah. something which we've always criticised him for previously. So that's something which he did. He then picks the ball up and drives and plays an absolute perfect ball in for Longstaff. And Longstaff's unlucky not, not to score that goal. Keep a great save. Comes out to Almiron. Almiron puts the ball in the back of the net. Great play all around. That comes from Maxi. 
how how does well how are we at the point now where he does this in a game, and there's still fans' opinions saying he's done nothing whatsoever? Good question. Um, I don't know. Is the answer to that? I don't know how you come to that conclusion because if you come to that conclusion yesterday about Anse Maxman, then you've got to come to that conclusion about Sven Botman. You've got to come to that conclusion about to an extent Isak. You know, share. Miggy Almiron, even even though he got the goal, he didn't do much else. So <clears throat> it was a it's a it's a weird criticism because, like you said, the ball that went over to the to the left was for Burn, and and it was way too too far away from Burn. And you know, Maxi had to chase back, keep the ball in, and then fell to Burn. Goes to Gordon. Gordon does. I, I haven't seen it from all angles, but it seems like he does a nice little flick. And takes two players out mm. to get the ball back to Maxi, and then, like I say, he drives in. He finds uh, Longstaff. I thought Longstaff's first touch was a little poor, which is probably why he didn't get the shot away that he wanted to. It seemed to go just a little bit past his uh, his left foot, um, but he got the shot away, which you know he's openly spoken about. Just hit it, uh, and that's what he did. Keeper saves it, falls to uh, Miggy, and it's it's a tidy finish. Actually, Great finish by Miggy. <clears throat> but to go back on the criticism about St. Maximum, I, I feel like at the moment he's the scapegoat. He's the one that's in the spotlight. And he could have the best game of his life and there'll still be people criticising him. And and he could have the worst game of his life and there'll be people criticising him. And when he does kind of, you know, it wasn't bad performance, it wasn't an out, outstanding performance, he's going to get criticism as well. I, I think unless he sets the league alight, people are going to criticise him. Um, you know, I think Kieran Dyer called him a maverick um, in the uh, in the punditry. Um, you know, some people love that, some people don't. I mean, you know, Tino Aspria was a very, very similar player where you'd have flashes of brilliance and then he'd frustrate you. We had the same with, you know, Ben Arthur. It, it just seems to me there's always one that we kind of isolate and just want to pick apart all the time. And it's a weird thing to do as a fan base because you should be encouraging your players. You should be getting behind them. Um, I don't know. In the days of social media, I think I don't think people realise that players will be seeing this and players will be, you know, it'll be affecting them on the pitch. Um, mm. You know, do they, are they right to criticise them? Probably, but maybe it's not to as a personal level as some people are getting on social media because it's getting a bit ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, for me, I, I thought he he was, you know, we weren't a great team yesterday, but he was one of our better players. You know, he was that doesn't busy. mean he was playing a ten. He he was, you know, maybe he's a six in in a field of fives and fours. Um, and so, you know, sometimes, yeah. Joe, it, it it takes a player like like Maxi to, to try new things, and it's not always going to work. He is going to run into to a, a, a wall of players. Sometimes he is going to get tackled mm. and dispossessed. But we need somebody trying new things when we're struggling to break teams down like we have done with Bournemouth. Every single time that we've played them this season, we've struggled to, yep. to break them yep. down. Um, Absolutely. But I, I think, I don't want this to come across as if, like like I said, we're, we're overly praising Maxi. We're not. We're just trying to defend him and say, yes, it, it probably was a, an average game for the majority of the players across the field. Let's stop yep. trying to blame yep. one single player. No, no, I mean, listen, Maxi, there were a few wayward passes. There were a few times where he tried things and they really didn't come off and it was it was the wrong decision to make. And yeah, he didn't have a, of course he didn't have a perfect game, like, at all. My personal take on, on this whole sort of situation that's been highlighted around Maxi is that 
I don't think it would be as big a problem if we were being creative in other parts of the pitch. I think whilst Bruno is out and we seem to be struggling with uh, with sort of, I know Miggy scored fine, but in general, he hasn't been uh, quite as pro- he hasn't had quite the look, quite been quite as productive on the right hand side as we we uh, we used to see yeah. before the World Cup. I think. Without that creativity uh, in other parts of the field, we then look to Maxi as the the talisman, the um, the one who's going who's, back to the way he's going to bring yeah, that same, the same like the Bruce yeah, yeah, exactly. And when that's not happening, we're kind of taking. I mean, okay, some people. I don't want to speak for a whole fan base, obviously, but I feel like some people might be looking at that and going, "Well, if Maxi's not high, uh, high, you know, creating everything that we need to, then." They're just kind of taking that all out on him, I think, a little bit. And really, what should be what like you've just said, what we should be doing is looking at the whole team and going, there is a lack of creativity all round. Maxi might be the, the the highlight, the talisman of this whole thing, but he is not the only one who's gonna who should be creating things. He's trying things on some on coming off. He's making some wrong decisions at times. Fine, but like you say, at least he's trying. It was exactly the same thing with Bournemouth at home, where we struggled to break them down. We didn't have them then, and. I'm pretty sure fans probably would have called for him to um, hoping that he was in the side then saying, oh, well, if Maxi was in, maybe he would have done something. Uh, yeah, it's one of those where it's a whole team effort and it's a, and it's, and it's a problem all around. Um, and yeah, I think we just need to uh, understand that. he did. I think he did well with Gordon. Uh, I like to see a little bit more of them two together, I think. Uh, obviously, they linked up well for the goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my personal take on it. I just think that... There's there's a there are a lot of there are a lot of issues, not major problems, but issues that we need to work out. And I don't think Maxi is head and shoulders above everyone else and everything yeah. else that we need to look at. Yeah. Um. But one of the things I want to mention just before we we'll call an end to this one, Ian, is um Kieran Trippier saving our horses from a defeat. Um. Goal line clearance. Um. Despite Bournemouth trying the hardest to to get the referee to to go against everything yeah. which is in place in regards to technology. And his watch not uh, beeping, but once again would would just get torn torn apart it, it, so easily for them. And Solanke, do you think that he tries to be too clever with that with the flick rather than just absolutely smashing that as hard as he can? I think so. I think if I'm not mis, I could be wrong, but I think that stemmed from the the Dan Byrne incident um, mm-hmm. where obviously Botman's foul. What I thought, I generally thought, like he. What Joe was saying before, he took a heavy touch and then he's almost stopped and like apologized to someone or like had a go at someone, not realizing that the game's still going on. Because uh, I think the ball went back to Nick Pope and his clearance was a bit bit shoddy as well. But in terms of Trippier, yeah, obviously that's why he is where he is. That's why he's captain. He, he has a presence about. Him. He has a leadership. He knew where to be. But to answer your question with Solanke, I think even the commentator said if he just puts his foot through that, he buries it. Where he, like you say, he's trying to be too clever. And even the, the I mean, the slow motion replays. I think Trippier has done. Can we, can we just take a second as well, just to to appreciate how calm Trippier is in that moment as well? He controls it and he's playing with it just he's, on the edge foot, of the box. Yeah, he's on the line. He's, sorry, not the edge. He's box, foot, the yeah, he's footwork to to sort himself out and get rid of that. So I think he, he stops it with his right. And then it looks like it's going to roll back, and he, to sort mm-hmm. his feet out and, and clear that is is absolutely phenomenal. But it's it's just not is a concern. It's a, it's a little bit disheartening that you've you've relied on that against the team where that are second bottom that have picked up a point since since November or whenever. 
Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Trippier yeah, you done exceptionally well there, and I think Nick Pope as well in the first half, the the save from Solanke, his header. Yeah, I thought that was a, a very very good save as well. So it's it's not like like you were saying, it's not like they've sort of snuck a goal. They had the better of the chances, and and to be honest, I don't really remember uh, their keeper having to make any difficult saves. There was one that he spilt where then Gordon, I think it got deflected wide. Or, I think Gordon, yeah. Yeah, um, from a, I think from a St. Maximum shot, possibly. Um, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Other other than that, I can't really remember us testing the keeper. Again, similar to, to last week. Um, and I know we've touched on, obviously, we've been creating chances, we just couldn't score. I think the last two weeks are a little bit concerning because I don't think we've actually tested a keeper or made a keeper work. But I don't want to be negative. I, I want to be positive. I just felt like, given obviously in two weeks' time is a, a cup final, and given the opposition that we've had sort of in that run, we've had a great chance to build some momentum to go in. And now if you're looking at the Liverpool game, yes, we've drawn. We've not lost. We've drawn the last last two Premier League games, possibly last three, Palace, Palace, um, mm. Bournemouth and West Ham. If you lose that Liverpool game, that is a massive, massive blow, given what you, you could have had in the run-up to a final. Mm. Yeah. Scott, I think if, if we're going to take positives from the game, okay, which I, I feel as if we should be, because at the end of the day, it's still an unbeaten run. It's 17 games unbeaten now, and it's a point away from home. I know you're looking at league positions, and, and you're a little bit unhappy with that, that you're only getting a point. But if you look at the game overall, I think we could have went and left with zero points, absolutely nothing. And we couldn't be unhappy with that because of the performance. I think normally would look at them and think that that's a couple of points dropped there. That we, we gained a point out of that situation because it was a bad day after yeah. us. Yeah, and I mean, this this time last season, we, we probably would have took that point and been extremely happy with it. Um, although this time last season, we probably would have lost a game like that because it would have been a lot worse so you know there's, there's good things and bad things to take from the game um like you said 17 undefeated that's an outstanding achievement um if this is all blip then fine like we're not losing games great you know if we lost all if we lost those last three games there'd be a totally different atmosphere this would be a totally mm. different podcast it would be completely different going through so you know we've got three points from three games is that is that great not really is it bad no um, you know, it's three points on the board. We're still in fourth with a game in hand uh, and a couple of points ahead of Tottenham as well. Um, Do you think that's what fans are looking at, though, Scott? Do you think it's because the likes of Spurs haven't capitalised <clears throat> on their chance and we're failing to do the same? Where obviously we can get a bit of breathing space and we're just not taking those chances at the moment. I think it takes the pressure off. I think you know, from the from the players' point of view, if the teams around us were picking up three points every week and we weren't, and we were dropping down that table quite quickly. Then I think you know from from a player's standpoint that maybe is, you know gets you a bit more in in kind of the mentals and, and how you approach your next game. From a fan base, you know you want to win every game, right? You you want to get three points every single week. You know we're brimming with confidence from a, a, a fan base and a player base, given what we're doing this season. And you know I think there's there's a there's a chance that that confidence turns into a bit of arrogance where we just expect to win and then you get a mm. game like that and you think oh hang on a minute yeah actually we this is the premier league right you've you've you kind of just 
go into every game and expect, you know, three points and expect to perform outstanding every week. You know, we're going to Liverpool. I think that'll be a completely different game because they'll attack us. You know, maybe it's a bit better than than Bournemouth did. We'll have to be on my A game for that. And I think if there's any test greater than going into that Man U game, it's playing against Liverpool the week before because that'll get the players ready to be like, okay, this is what a you know a so-called big six team um, is going to play against. Her. We've got another one next week, and then we've got another one the week after with Man City. Um, these players need to get. You know, they're act together in terms of what's going to come very, very quickly. And and I think the Liverpool game will be a good primer for the Man U game, which will be a good primer for the Man City game. And I think, yeah. you know, we could be sitting here three weeks with a cup and, you know, six six more points and we've beaten three of the best teams in the country on paper. Um, so just to just to finish, I know we will be doing a match preview for, for the Liverpool game. We'll be doing that during the week. Uh, but, Joe, just to, to, to wrap this one up, so Liverpool come to St James's Park. It's another five thirty kickoff. Another one, another floodlights. Haven't been doing too well when it's been shown on Sky. Um, do you? Th- well, will Eddie Howe go full strength? Yes, that yes, absolutely. He speaks uh, every every press conference. Uh, he um, they always you know journalists always try and get a little bit out of him. Oh. You know, especially the cup final recently, they'll say, "Oh, yeah. you got one eye on the cup final. You're thinking about this. Have you tried to, you know, plan with one eye on this?" Every single time, he's saying, "Nope." Next game is the only thing he focuses on. When we beat Southampton to get through to the final, he said, "As soon as my head hit the pillow, I start thinking about West Ham." He only th- and and that is the uh, that's a complete correct approach that he needs to um, that he needs to make in the ends what he, what he has been making. It's what it's what's been such. Uh, such a big factor in our turnaround as a club in the uh, results on the pitch. It's about taking those little micro steps to achieve uh, what is a wider goal. And that's the mindset and the, I guess, the philosophy that Eddie Howe uh, approaches uh, his management with. He has to go full strength. Um, the There's there's no excuse not to. Um, I know what you're saying. You know, we've got three, potentially four injuries uh, that have come away from this weekend. It's not great. It's not, it's really not good, but... Um, you can't take your eye off off the ball on any competition. We're fighting for top four. We're fighting for European spots. Players need to be sharp in in match fit. If if we had a um, like an FA Cup game midweek, uh, which I believe Man United have, um, see so yeah, that or the week after they've got they have a midweek game. If if we're in Man United's position and that was the case, maybe you could argue that. Uh, I think however, Barcelona, just, Barcelona, just before that cup game. final. Yeah. 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 Barcelona, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's an FA, it's an FA Cup game the week, uh, the midweek. Yeah, after against yeah. West so, Ham, like... yeah. So, yeah, so they got midweek game. That is that's a complete different kettle of fish. That's where you know that's down to Eric Ten Hag and his stuff. This isn't a Man United podcast, but the um, but yeah, we have we have an entire week between between the games, we, and uh, we need to keep the players sharp, focused, and we have we have Champions League qualification to push for. So no, yeah. we need to go full strength, um, and I'm confident that Eddie Howe will look at this game and give the players an absolute bollocking because he looked raging, looked furious. Didn't he looked, he looked raging, and I'm not surprised because that was below the standards that he set those players. I've got two caveats to end on this one. So first one, I, I want to say that I've seen this question a lot on social media and it's been answered a lot on social media. If Joe Linton gets a yellow card, he does not miss the final. No, 
Okay, nope. he does nope. not nope. miss the final. Only if they get a red card. Red card. Yeah, a straight okay. red. I think even two yellows doesn't count. It's a, it has yeah. to be a straight red. Um, so I've, I've seen that fine. loads, <clears throat> absolutely loads in the last 24 hours. Um, and finally, Don Goodman is one of the worst oh. commentators I have ever heard. Honestly, the, the bitterness coming from that bloke's mouth was second to none. It was He's always shocking. been like that, though. Like, literally, since I remember. Like, I mean, Did that, he have I a spell always... at Sunderland? Yeah. He played he did, for Wolves he? in Sunderland. And, like, every time he died, yeah, not that fucking arsehole commenting again. <laughs> As, <laughs> it, 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 literally, any any jibe, like, even if it's, like, not even relevant, he'll try and get in. Like, I just kind of stand him as a, as a cool commentator. It's it's okay for us to criticise our team, Don. Not you, mate. Not you. <laughs> I mean, it's but okay yeah. for him to criticise it if he had a valid no, point, but he just he just spiked <laughs> shite. Like he doesn't even. I'm not going to get angry because it's a Sunday and I want <laughs> to enjoy Sunday. it. Sunday, but don't get angry on Sundays. <laughs> I think we're having that with a lot of pundits though recently, aren't we? Like not just commentators but pundits as well. There seem to be plucking ideas out of the thin air that just don't make but any mate, sense. You, you, yeah. you go into this game, right? You go into it and. Yeah, you look in the studio, you've got Dyer and Sunes who just sit and slag Maxi off for, for 10 minutes and call he's like a dodgy signing. Like, no idea what they, they were playing at. Then, obviously, the no, commentating starts. Then no. you've got Don Goodman there as well. So, it wasn't a great day for us uh, in the eyes of, in the voices of Sky. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Hopefully, next week yeah. will be a bit better. Uh, thanks, we'll be boys, better. for joining. No, uh, yeah, thing. On. Of course you can, mate. Uh, did you notice that Sven Botman that was his first yellow card this season? Was it really? It was for yeah, yeah. I said, which I think is insane. And also, I've got no idea what it was for because the lad went down like a sack of potatoes. He pushed him, didn't he? It was, and then he just uh, hit the deck. Yeah, 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 it was nothing. Yeah, you yeah can't trust him. But yeah, first yellow. Oh yeah, at first I thought <clears throat> the Bournemouth player was getting a yellow card for diving. I thought that was. That's what I, I yeah. thought. That, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah. But yeah, one um, yellow card for Botman all season. Don Goodman also wanted Joel Linton to get sent off like throughout the game. Um, he, he done a stupid thing later on where Don Goodman started going, oh, he dove in like with a challenge. Nowhere near the player whatsoever, mind. But oh, he was yeah, trying yeah, his hardest. Yeah, trying he his hardest. Didn't he try to get the ball? you got to be careful yeah. with that. It's like he was fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, once again, but don't get angry on a Sunday. Oh, we're not <laughs> um, angry on Sunday. <laughs> thanks, boys. Been a pleasure as always. Hopefully, fingers crossed, next week is a bit better performance. Even if it's, it's the same result, we'll want a decent performance going into that cup final game. Um, if you are enjoying content like this, you can subscribe to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. If you want to give a little bit extra back, it's $2.99 a month. Become a member. You get early access to content as well as access to the Telegram group. Um, and if you don't want to do either of those, just like the video. That's enough for us. Um, thank yous, and we shall see you Monday night. Always Final Faces podcast is back. See you later. Bye, everyone. Podcast Network.